0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 13 of the After Effects Podcast. I am your host, LeBron and We have a very special guest today. Special Jennings, associate head for women's basketball coach. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, For UIC, the University of Illinois at Chicago. Be the native, we go way, way back to our younger years. Excited to create some diversity and have Females on the show, just to get some female perspective and, you know, talk sports and talk her journey for our younger female listeners and things like that. And here she is. (sighs) What's, What's going on? Can you hear me?
1: yeah i
0: can hear you what's up how you been, you been
1: all right yourself
0: oh yeah you're yeah. pretty good pretty good i appreciate you um jumping on i know i know you're super busy right now i'm sure at least with like a lot of zoom calls and everything
2: it's that time of year man it's been it's been real weird with all this this pandemic has really yeah uh, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah super weird. super weird so yeah this i call this um podcast the after effect podcast it's essentially just giving People like us, um, former athletes, a voice to talk about, you know, our upbringing, um, you know, childhood, career through high school, college, pro, and then more importantly, the transition out. Um, And, you know, for yourself, that's coaching. I I feel like all all of us athletes, we have some type of after effect um, post career. So this is just, um, you know, for us to have a voice. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh, of course. Oh. Of course, I'm trying to create, you know, diversity. So I want to have as many females as I can, you know, that I know in my circle. Um, So, yeah, you're you, you the first, you're a legend. So if you're cool with it, we can we can jump right into it.
2: All right, let's do it.
0: All right. So, um, you know, first off, just kind of paint a picture for us uh, as far as you being an associate head coach. And when the pandemic dropped, you know, I think it was like March 12th, March 13th. I'm sure you guys were like, um gearing up to head into the NCAA tournament, and then I'm sure you had a lot of seniors on your team. So just kind of paint a picture for how that experience was for for you and your, your coaches and your team.
2: The experience didn't hit us as um, I would say as bad as everybody else. We're actually um, so you guys see we're rebuilding. Okay. So this is our second year um, as a staff. They haven't, you know, we're we're coming into a situation where. The university hadn't won in the previous five or six years and so we're actually rebuilding um so we were not going to the uh ncw oh, oh,
0: okay okay, okay. But,
2: um yeah but it did you know it it stopped you know a lot of other people we were actually i was quite happy for iepui who had done something that um that was hysterical for their their, their university and you know they didn't get a chance to to go to the tournament and, and, and showcase, you know, maybe they could have won a few games and things like that, which would have been great for the Rising League. But um, it's just, it's been weird. It's a weird time. It's a weird time for recruiting. It's a weird time for our players. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's been just, it's, it's weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, weird Weird is a, definitely a, a way to respond. Whenever I, people ask me or i talk to people, that's, that's the exact word I use, weird. And just, you know, you're just trying to navigate the best you can. Um. Okay, so, yeah, next question. Obviously, we're both from Cleveland, Ohio. So just talk about, you know, the Cleveland culture. Growing up in Cleveland, Um. obviously playing sports, I feel like you were, you know, pretty popular as far as sports is concerned at at an early age. So just talk about some of the experiences you had, Um. you know, growing up in the city.
2: I think that when you, you know, coming from Cleveland and the area that I come from, either, you know, you play sports or you, you do other things that kind of um, detour you from having a, a successful um, adulthood, teenagehood, or whatever you want to call it. But um, for me, sports for me was, was an outlet. It was an outlet for me to be able to go do something and be a part of something. And, and um, I was raised by my grandmother um, in a house with my sisters. And, you know, my grandmother loved her to death. And, you know, she's she's deceased now. But mm-hmm. she raised me and my two sisters, and she worked a lot. So being able to get out and just be around other people and feel that that – of and, and you know, sports was that for me, especially, you know, once I became good enough, I started playing tribal ball and all that good stuff. So um it was just it was a great outlet for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I could attest I can attest to that. It was the same thing for me. My parents just wanted to make sure I stayed busy, like you say. If you're not playing sports or like super into the books, you know how Cleveland is, you can easily get into something, you know, that's that's not so good. Uh so so sports yeah. definitely like, you know, just kept us busy. Um so I got a random question, and I, I just wanted to see how, how good your memory is. Um, do, okay. you remember, do you remember, we, we was like, we was probably like eight years old, but me and my dad played two on two versus you and your dad or your uncle up, up at uh, Woodhill. We was literally like eight years old. And the only reason I remember is because you was the first girl I ever seen that could hoop hoop, like that could hoop, like, you know, that had game game. Like, do you remember that?
2: It would have had to have been my uncle.
0: Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I, I just wanted to see if you had. had memory like, okay.
2: And I played so many. Um, it's so crazy. I played so many games up at Woodhill, man, and up at Zelma. That it just it all like starts
0: running hey, together. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I already know. I already know. I, I I think I got like a different kind of memory, but for some, I just remember that um wholeheartedly because like I said, you were the first female that I ever saw that could like really really play. I knew from that day like. Once I got wind of you again, I think maybe like in middle school or high school, I was like, "Yeah, that don't surprise me." I remember, I remember we played when we were super young. She, you know, she go hoop back then. <laughs>
2: Did I win?
0: <laughs> oh well, I mean, of course, I you, of course you didn't win, but you know, you, you, oh,
2: man. You, 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 yeah, okay.
0: yeah game. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hold you. I'm
2: gonna let you. I'm gonna let you
0: get away with that. But I, I <laughs> yeah. So, so talk about, um, just talk about your uh, your high school experience. Like, I know you finished at Lutheran East. And, you know, you were a top guard in the state of Ohio. Um, so just talk about, like, you know, just certain experiences that sent out to you in, in high school basketball playing in Cleveland, like, you know, before you migrated to college. Uh,
2: high school was – it was a fun time. Um, I started out at Tech. Rough, 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 rough
0: high school. Yeah, um, perfect. We all know that. <laughs> you
2: know, and back then it was, it was a little – yeah, it's not as – you know, it's not, it didn't have the new Tech and all the
1: security and all those mm-hmm. they have now, you know, it was a very, very, but as an athlete, I think that, you know, it was, it was great because the, the people from the projects and
2: everything, they, they despite all the, the, the craziness that was going on outside of um, the school and around and, and who don't,
1: all
2: that, I think they did a great job of, of supporting the athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that tech was, was phenomenal for me. You know what I mean? That that was a that was I was comfortable in that environment. I grew up in Right, right, right. And I grew up around, you know, the, the roughness and the toughness and yo, you gotta be tough to go here. You can't mm-hmm. be you can't be soft, you can't be scared, you gotta be tough and you gotta right. you gotta have some type of backbone.
0: Right. And I grew
2: up like that. So, so that was um that was that was you know, it was fun. We you know, won a lot, won six mm-hmm. championships like that when I was freshman.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so um
2: it was fun. Transferring over to to, to Luther Um I really went there, you know, Melvin Berg, loving the death, first guy to, to really um, take interest in me on the basketball side outside of Brett Moore. Um and and like, you know, he was like, yo, I'm leaving, I'm going over here, I want you to come do this. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Why not? You know, you did so much for me as a, when I was a kid and everything like that, like so it of made course. sense. And Luther East was terrible. They hadn't won, they were they were horrible.
0: Yeah, they, um, they, they were like division three or four or something like that, right?
2: They were horrible. And, and I, I'm speaking <laughs> to the women's side because on the men's side, you know, John and Sam Liggins, they were there. They had won us.
0: Yeah, 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 like yeah, home. yeah. The brothers, I remember them.
2: Yeah, their jerseys are retired in the East. Um, so when I got there in Berkeley and we got over there, man, it was just like, you know, we won. I don't remember how many games we won. I was averaging like almost 30 points. You yeah, know, we yeah. went to the district championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I went that year. I was state MVP and all types of other little things. So yeah,
0: yeah, I remember you had all the it, accolades.
2: Yeah, it was great. Anytime you can go somewhere that that's not thriving and you can, you know, what I'm saying you can lay
0: You're that thriving. foundation.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And I think the next couple of years they were really good. You know, that's always fun. It's always great to see when I go there. My jersey hangs in the gym, so you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a great man. You put the work in and you get rewarded in ways that are are are.
0: Promising and it's, it's healthy. Love yeah, it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That. That's. That sounds like a great experience. I remember you, you. just being highly touted. You know. You know. You winning all type of awards, always in the newspaper. So, I, um, I appreciate you giving those details. Um, so talk about your transition from high school to college. I know for me, my transition from high school to um high from high school from the Ville to University of Iowa, it was, it was very hard just getting used to it going to going to a predominantly. Uh, white school, you know, how we grew up. We never really went to school with white people. So um, talk about your transition, you know, from going from there to going to Xavier. Yeah.
2: Did you finish at Iowa before we get into that? Did you finish there? Because my brother, so my brother, Deontay Morrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. He at Iowa and then he finished
0: yeah. at
1: Toledo.
0: Uh-huh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Tay, um, we went there together. We, we graduated 2007 and okay. went there together. And, yeah, I ended up finishing there. I was actually, like, okay. When I, when I went there, it was probably, like, five or six um, Cleveland guys on the team, and I ended up actually being, like, the only guy to finish. Like, go go, go figure. Uh, mo- most guys transfer just because, you know. Uh, and, it's some things, and it's some things in the news right now, like the sports news, where they're talking about racial bias and oh, yeah. racial disparities yeah. at yeah, the University of Iowa. Yeah. And actually, Deontay Moore, he actually spoke out about it, spoke out about his experience. So, uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, I finished there.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, college for me, like it was
2: great. I mean, I ended up going to to Xavier um, and a lot of people say, well, why didn't, why didn't you just go to Ohio State? Why didn't you Um, I visited schools, Michigan State, Ohio State, all those places. And and that stuff was great. But you, you, you get a feeling about like when you feel something is, is, is right. Like Mm -hmm. you know it's right. And you know, and when I went on to visit Xavier, I felt that and I knew like, man, and also about you know the, the people that were coming in I knew we were gonna be good you know like immediately and me being from Cleveland to being the type of person I am I wasn't worried about other good players coming in because I felt like you know I'm gonna play reverse and so <laughs> um, I got there and it was a, it was great it was very you know I really found out who I was learned a lot about myself um, you know going in I thought everybody's against me the world is against me I gotta I can't I can't trust nobody I got you know, in that mentality, is it's a weird mentality to have, yeah, especially yeah, when, you, when you're when becoming a part of a team and you, you're trying to do things as big as yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I had
2: to, man, I had to learn that. And, you know, once I learned that, and you know, like I said, I, I played with six, you know, six All-Americans. Wow. We went to this every year. My last two years, we were top three in the country mm-hmm. to the Elite Eight. You know, like things that people don't get the opportunity to do.
0: True. Yeah, And um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I
2: started, you know, every year. So, it, it just... It was a phenomenal um, experience for me, man. I love Xavier.
0: What uh, and I know, and I know Xavier is a private university as well. But what do you have any experiences that set out to you? Um, in those in any in NCAA tournament experiences? Because, like you say, most people that go to college to play basketball, female or male, like you're not gonna get the chance to be in an NCAA tournament all four years, and especially playing at Elite Eight. Like that's just that's an experience that obviously no one can, can take back. Does anything like stand out to you during those those four NCA tournament experiences?
2: Um, well, it, you know, it's 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 hard to hell. You know, like it's not it's not something that you just click your finger, oh, I'm in the NCAA like that. So um from a young age, like Mel Burke and being and things like that, you get that that that's instilled in you to to, to do the work. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the same player as a freshman as I was
1: as a senior. you know what I mean? So, so and you get better. And each year, you get better. And every we were, year, we were blowing teams out. But I mean, my junior and senior year, I was coming out at
2: about the 12-minute mark. And I didn't really had to play. You know, we were still playing halves. So I was coming out about the 12-minute mark. And I really didn't have to play anymore.
0: OK, so y'all blowing teams we
2: were, out. Yeah, we was dogging teams. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think that's the thing, you know, you, you know a couple um, chasing that—it's a thrill. Like you get this thrill of the year before and you didn't go as far as you should have. It's like ah, I can do it over and be better. Right. And then you know, so you 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 start chasing that. And I think that that's, that's that's what happened. Um, each year that I was at Xavier, and man, I'm telling you, like we were, man, we were different. We were different breed.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: you had to beg us to do extra work. Like we were, we were we hungry. were Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to follow your career as much as I can while we was in college. And I yeah, I remember y'all just being nice every year. Um, you know, being in the tournament every year, and also the, you know, your boys' basketball team as well. Like y'all oh. do, do, those are some good years.
1: Yeah,
2: it's crazy. Like you don't see stuff. I mean, you do see it. I mean, UConn did it at a point. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Tennessee did it at a point. Um State. Uh, no, it wasn't Ohio State, it was someone else. Um. That, that oh, Baylor. Baylor did it. Like you know, you you really you rarely see where the men's team is is top ten and the women's team is top ten. Like that's that's a rare
0: occasion. And definitely rare. We were
2: fortunate that man. Like we did that three years in a row. I believe top twenty five three years in a row, both men and women. And you know, just, you, you yeah, just. Imagine what imagine what the campus was like.
0: Man. I, would, it was, it was crazy. I was just about to say that. I said I was about. I was about to say. I'm sure the vibes on campus was like oh, just good. immaculate.
2: You can do no wrong, and I look. I can tell people I, I can walk on water, and they believe it. Like literally, like
1: you can do no wrong. Like yeah.
2: on the side of that, though, the, the, the bad part of that is like you're you're under this umbrella where eyes are always always on you, and it's like man, do nothing. Like these people. You know, mm-hmm. they, think you're, they think you're so like, you, you're, when you're, when you're, you, you're like a
0: god to them, like, kind of.
2: You know, like you're not human anymore. Yeah. yeah so,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. and you want to make human mistakes. You want to do human stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you can't because the, the, everybody's eyes on you, the press is on you. You know, mm-hmm. it's pressure on you. It's good to do this. And you got to mm-hmm. be, you got to walk this way. You got to talk like this. You got to look like this. You got to, you know, so that, that part of it wasn't, you know, that, that was tough mm-hmm. for a lot of us because a lot of us. From the inner city, a lot of us. You know what I'm saying? When I played at Xavier, you had you Indianapolis, you got Columbus, mm-hmm. you got Cleveland. You you know what I'm saying? Like a lot uh-huh. of us from the inner
0: city. And yeah, we, yeah. You know, All you know, inner city personalities.
2: Yeah, so we weren't accustomed to going to the ballroom dances and, and booster uh, you know, booster meetings and things like that. And so you yeah, gotta educate
1: yourself
2: on that. You know, we started doing um what's it called um etiquette classes and things like that, which was, was but and, and I, and, you know, we we turn up with the people, like
0: <laughs> <laughs> So is that just like a private university type style thing or
2: Yeah, well, Xavier is a Jesuit school. So yes. Yeah, so okay. Oh, okay,
0: oh, okay, 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 So that makes sense. Okay.
2: Yep. Jesuit school, but you, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that. Um, you know, especially in the sports world back then when it was the way it was, you, you wouldn't have known because it was just so like everybody in the city started you know, UC is right around the corner, so we always had that UC Xavier mm-hmm. um, rival and all those good things. But you know, mm-hmm. everybody knew what it was, man.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and it was
2: like, you know what I'm saying, everybody knew what was going on.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, man. I, I can only imagine those times. Um, so, talk about like your transition from you know after this illustrious college career. You know, I have you had all the success? Talk about your transition from there to to pros. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure you probably had, like, a, a few WNBA workouts, but then you ultimately ended up playing, like, three years in Finland. So just talk about that transition from college to the pros. I, I, I would presume that it was a lot different.
2: It's, it's very different. I think that, you know, the way that the women's game is that WNBA in our state is, is political. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else with the difference with that is that there are way less teams than the NBA, there are way less opportunities for women. And so despite how good you are, unless you were, you know, first round top three or, or five or whatever, what have you, you know, it was a lot of people in my class that, that should be in the league still mm-hmm. and got waved, and, and, you know, so it's just, it's, it's political. And, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's that. Um, I had a great time in Europe though. And I played in Finland, I played in Germany. Um, so I had a, I had a phenomenal time there. You know, again, you 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 go somewhere. You I had experiences. I'm traveling the country. I'm I I'm, mm-hmm. I'm never met. from Cleveland. Like you know, I mm-hmm, mean, like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you, you you in Europe. You know, I'm living in Europe. I'm, I'm traveling. I'm I'm doing all these things that you know. Without basketball, I don't know if, if those opportunities would have been um, afforded to me. So yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: did that, did people did people speak English in Germany, and Europe, or did you have to learn like French yeah, or, or yeah. Spanish or something?
2: <laughs> family was. Then it was difficult because they spoke Finnish, which was like a made-up, their own language. And oh, wow. so there, there was translators with the team and things like that. But oh, okay,
0: okay, okay, okay.
2: Because, yeah, they, they have their own, like, their own language. Germany was lit. Germany is Americanized. Like, if, oh, if I could urge anybody, like, if I could live in, I, I and mean, I still do a camp over in Germany, it's crazy, but if I could pick anywhere to live right now, I would live in Beesbach, Germany. Like, I love Germany. Love it. so that was a great opportunity you know they had like the second i believe it's like the second largest uh um military base for the u.s or whatever
0: oh okay okay okay
2: it's about there's thousands of soldiers over there so it's, it's real american so yeah, yeah which
0: which place would you say had the best food
2: oh germany for sure
0: germany for sure, <laughs>
2: yeah, for sure like that yeah, was like i said it was cool i lived in helsinki i played for a team out of Espoo. Um, and, and it was, it was cool, but there were,
0: you know, all the Americans that played over there,
2: um, we didn't play on the same team. So we were about two hours apart. Actually, one of my college teammates played our team over there, Mm -hmm. um, the year that I got over there, but she, she was, she, here before me. And so she was in, I don't even remember what it's called, but she was in Finland as well. But like, but even that, that was like a two hour drive. And so it was
0: just ah, uh, it was cool, but it you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 sounds like a cool experience. Like you, yeah, you, you are are one and not many that you know to have an illustrious college career and then you know had an opportunity to play overseas and just meet all these different cool people and see all these different cool monuments. Um, so talk about like the day you decided that you would that you was done with football. I mean, I mean ba- uh, basketball and you were going to go into coaching. I know, I know for me, uh, it, was, you know, it was hard. Like, it was hard to swallow that pill, something that I had been doing, you know, 20-plus years, something that you had been doing 20-plus years to say, all right, I, you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm never going to do this again except for, like, just recluse or just for fun, and I'm transitioning into this. Um, did, were, were there any ill feelings, or was it kind of an ill transition for you? No, it was no ill feelings
1: because
2: I walked away when I wanted to walk away. Um, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't forced to stop, or I wasn't injured, or any of those things. Like I mm-hmm. knew I was also a coach when I was a player. Okay. So, okay. I was a player. I knew that, you know, the the passion behind me being like a point guard and always being critical of myself, but being able to to, to spill out and talk to my teammates and coach them. And, and mm-hmm. like I knew I was a coach as a player. So, and w- once I got to the professional level, I just was like, man, I'm not gonna do this for ten years. Like I'm, I'm just not like I didn't I didn't have that desire like because it's like man I've done it at the highest levels mm. I've, I, you know the cream that I've done what people you know dream about and they, they hype about and things like that and, and for me it's like man I'm, i don't have, I have nothing to prove to nobody and mm. so I walk away when I wanted to walk away and okay. I don't feel ill I don't wake up and, and be like yo I, I, I should stay because if that was the case I, I can get a job right now you know I yeah. still can play yeah. and but I don't I don't have the desire to do that. You know, my yeah. desire is coaching and helping um young ladies kind of figure out who they are and use basketball as a tool to like navigate life after yeah. that. And so yeah, I'm 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 happy with, with what I chose to do yeah. and what I'm doing.
0: Oh, that's man, that's that that's a dope thing. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends and I know a lot of people. Um and I'm not sure if it's I mean, I'm sure it's not a male or female thing, um, but I know a lot of guys that had a transition like you, knew they wanted to coach, knew exactly what they wanted to do when the game was done. And also I know guys that were, you know, kind of confused, kind of like wasn't sure what uh, direction they wanted to go in. Or like you say, you walked away when you wanted to. Uh, A lot of times in football and basketball, that doesn't happen. Like you may want to play, you may think you're nice, but you know, if your phone not ringing, if your agent not talking about nothing, like, you gotta yeah. just kind of you know accept that and you know swallow that pill. So, but that's and that's so dope that you knew exactly what you wanted to do and you know you move, you know with that kind of like integrity and energy. Um, so that's that's super dope to, to hear that. Yeah. So um, let me lay out your um, career. Obviously, you know I took some notes. So let me lay out your career trajectory. So you started as administrative assistant at Wright State. Spent three years at Augusta University. Obviously, doing doing several things, balancing several roles, like uh, dual roles. Uh, then you were assistant coach at Flagler University. Now you're, your current role is associate head coach at the University of UIC. So um, just talk about, like, um, your action steps um, and your, like, consistency and just basically giving your all and doing all these different things for these different universities to continue to get better, continue to learn um, the infrastructure of women's basketball and – you know, talk about how you got to where you are now.
1: Um, I think that
2: so for me, like when I was at UIC, I was actually I was pulled to UIC to be an assistant coach, but the assistant coach ended up not getting um, the job that she was going for, and so what that did was, and other options had, had um, been taken away. So that coach created a position um, for me, just for me to have something, and so you know. I I did that, but I knew, like, you know, I'm not a – I wasn't into doing the administrative side of it. So, you know, after that one year, we actually went to the NCAA tournament and we won won the league championship, went to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I was like, yo, I'm going to go coach. And D2, what some people get misconstrued about the coaching world is they think that they have to – I got to coach on the D1 level. You don't. Mm -hmm. And I learned more – things about myself and I became so much better at the D2 level and here's why. D2, there's only two coaches, you and a head coach. Mm. On you get four, plus adult plus video coordinator, plus all those great things. Mm. Division two, you don't. Mm. And so you got to wear a lot of different hats. Mm. You got to be a lot of different people mm. and you got to do a lot of different things. Mm. And within that, you are learning so many different things, like things that have not had that opportunity, I would, you know, whether I'm a recruiting coordinator or whatever the case is, a lot of places on these college staffs, like a lot of people are one-dimensional and they're one-dimensional because they don't get to do anything. They're, they're hey, you're this and that's, that's what you are.
0: Right, right. This, so, this is it, yeah.
1: You
2: gotta, yeah, you've got to find a way to go somewhere where you can be multiple
0: things.
1: multi so that you can sharp, your
2: skills. Yeah, so now yeah. coach calls me and say, hey, you know, this is what I need. Well, I can do that. Okay, mm-hmm. what I need? I can do that. You I don't never have to pick up the phone and be like never done, done that before. I've never done that before. Like because I I, I got that opportunity in D2. So yeah. you know, I say that to say all you coaches out there that think that you, you gotta be you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. It's it, there there are great opportunities at the D two level for a lot of people. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean just it's all about just just working hard. Man, I watch a lot of film, I watch a lot of ball, I watch a lot of you know, it's almost like playing. Just right, right,
0: right. You still
2: got to practice your skill, your craft. You still have to work at it. Right. And that, you know, that that entails like you know, venturing out and doing other things, going to clinics, watching clinics, listening to the different speakers, watching different videos. You know, watch me basketball. Watch women's basketball. You know, watch late game stuff. So I, you know, I do a lot of that, and I think that's what has gotten me to where I am. And uh, you know, that this is not the end. Like I continue to to grow and develop, and there's a lot of things I still need to work on, a lot of things of I need to get better at, but um, that's just a little bit of my journey. And that's just, you know, but I just, I see so many people discouraged because they don't get a Division One job. So mm-hmm, I to
0: mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. And, and uh, just to piggyback on what you said, I think, you know, once your Division One opportunity does come, whenever that will be, like you say, you, you're going to be so ahead of the game because, for all these years you've been so used to you know carrying these different hats and being multifaceted and all these different avenues so um like you said you don't have to be pressed to get a divisional opportunity but but when you do and if you choose to to do that you know your skill set will be a lot more elevated than others because you spent so many years putting the work in yeah 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 that's yeah that's That's A1 right there. Um, So, like I was saying at the beginning of this interview, I call this podcast After Effect Podcast. And I think that as athletes, we all have some type of after effect when we are done playing. We've been playing our our respective sport for 20 years. Uh, We've had so many mixed emotions, wins, losses, ups, downs, pain, rage, sorrow, um, smiles, um, you know, sadness, things like that. Uh, and we've learned so many lessons from all our different coaches, from uni league, uh, from uni ball to middle school to high school to college to pro and to now. But what would you say some lessons – what what would you say some lessons that you took, uh, you know, just from your whole career that could possibly be an after effect and also that you try to instill like in your players right now some things that really stood out to you during your career?
2: I think the biggest thing for me that I've taken is that you – despite what anybody say or or how anybody else is doing things, you just got to be yourself. Um, I've always been myself. I ain't never tried to please nobody. I don't, you know, I I take things at face value. I meet people where they are. And I'm going to, anytime you see me, you're going to get special. You're not going to get, yo, who is that? Like, you're going to know it's me. You're going to get the same person day in and day out because that's just who I am.
0: Yeah.
2: you know, a lot of I would tell a lot of people things that I've learned is that your journey is not going to look like anyone else's journey. Like mm-hmm. your journey, now, is your journey. I may, I may get to the same location, mm-hmm. but the, the way you got there is going to be totally different. And you you got to be you got to be okay with knowing that. Well, should I might have more bumps in my road than this person, but you that's okay. As long as you get to wherever the destination is, then, then that's what it's about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And like the other thing is, you got to be confident. Mm-hmm. Be confident. In this business, if you're trying to sell your and you're not confident in what you're doing or you're not confident about something like coaches, like people you can sniff that out. If, if okay. you are unsure of you, how, how am I going to hurry?
0: You know, yeah, like yeah. How, are,
2: how are kids going to listen to you if you are right. unsure of you? So right. You got to be confident. And, you know People kill me with the, the cocky and all this. Listen, it's not about that. It's about like you have done your due diligence and put yourself yeah. in a position to know exactly what you're talking about and feeling like You've been through. You've had enough experiences to be able to to give back and and teach Mm -hmm. from your experiences. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with being cocky. It's it's got to do with being confident and being right, right, right. Knowing that yo, I put the time in. I know what I'm
1: talking about. So
0: is 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 there? Would you say is there a fine line between being confident and and being humble? Because like you said, like you say, um, all your experiences and all these big experiences that you've had. Give you that confidence that you do know and you can give that game you know to the to the younger generation but then you say like some people could see it as cocky so do you feel like there's a fine line between cocky and humble i mean confident and humble or you got to kind of just believe that you are just being confident
2: there's always a line between everything like it's one thing to be like yo my word is it's my word is, is is the book it's 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 it's, it's god you know, as opposed to yeah, like if you carrying yourself, that way that way that that's totally different than you just being confident in what you're saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I'm mm-hmm. confident
2: in knowing that hey, listen, I, I'm am I'm, I'm prepared as a coach. I, I can, you know, what I'm saying I still can demo. I can get on the court, my player development point. Like that's a confident. I'm not saying like yo, if you go over there, they don't know what they talking about. I'm the only one know what I'm talking about. You, you know, down right, head, right, 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 right,
0: right, right.
2: Like you will never see that's cocky.
0: That. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Definitely. And then I, I'm smart enough to know that I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. So like I'm always you can learn something from everybody, right, wrong, and different. Everybody can teach you something.
0: Exactly. I don't care if you're
2: 98 or if you two.
0: Right. Everybody <laughs> can teach you something.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I definitely. Do with that. yeah. Yeah, that's um um those three points you hit know, on, I think I think are definitely powerful. Um, you know, being unapologetically, you Uh, understanding that your journey is your journey and, you know, being confident. Those are like A1. If you're coaching you know, whatever respective field that you're in, like, you know, you can take, you you need those three components. Um, So, yeah, last question. I saw that you were inducted, well, you were introduced, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, prestigious um, 30 under 30 list, you know, a a couple years ago. Uh, So a question that I wanted to ask is just, was that kind of like a full circle moment for you? Because obviously you won all these awards and accolades as a women's basketball player, but then to be highlighted um, on that list, um, obviously, you know, before you were 30, uh, was that like a full circle moment? And um, what, like do the awards feel different as a coach than a player? Like, is there any difference or it's kind of just like the same uh, jovial feeling?
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, anytime you're you putting your all into something and you're spilling your guts and you're you, you putting your blood, sweat, and tears into something, it's always great to be recognized. Um, not that I do it for the recognition, but it's always it's okay for people to reassure you that you are doing a job and you're touching people. Um, so, that for me, yeah, I mean, it means a lot to see that as a player, you know, I, 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 was, I was up here, I, I put in the work and I, and I met those accolades and things like that. And I was a coach, um, and to answer your second question, to me, it feels better as a coach because it's not about me. I'm, I'm, I'm changing other people's lives. I'm doing something that's benefiting other people. Right. As a player, yeah, you're, you're part of a team, but those, all those accolades I got that has my name specifically on them, that's about me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These are, these, these about these kids. And that's the part I love about coaching, man. When, when, when kids graduate or women graduate or, or whoever, they graduate, like, yo, coach, I'm getting married. Invitation to the wedding.
1: Yeah.
2: You yeah, yeah. recommendation letter, and then call me back. Y'all got the job. You know, those mm-hmm. are the things that—that's that, what thrilled me as a coach. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm having a baby. You yeah. know, things like that. Like, so it—it it makes it so much better. It feels better. Um, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. that you know, as a player. Not that I didn't love those things and all that. Like I said, I'm working, but just when it's when it's bigger than you.
0: Right. That's a different kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's powerful. Well, yeah, that's all I had, special when I appreciate you carving out some time to hop on the podcast. I know you're super busy with meetings and things like that. Um,
1: anytime, yeah. I can, Cleveland, man,
2: anytime I can do for Cleveland, anytime I can do for anybody for that matter, that, that's going to help them um, with, with something that they're trying to build and what they got going on. This.
0: Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, again, I appreciate it. Um, you know, stay safe again during these, like we said earlier, these weird times. Uh, uh, you know, best of luck. Um, you know, in your next season with recruiting and everything, I know the summer is usually a, a big time for recruiting. Uh, and yeah, we I'll try to you know stay tapped in and stay um abreast of what you got going on and try to get you back on the show down down the road.
1: There we go. Well, let me know anytime you need me. Just reach out.
0: Okay, I definitely will. Take it easy. You right. have a good day. You
1: too.
0: All right. Bye bye. Yeah. So again, you know, that's my first female episode. Uh, female athlete and, uh, you know, special Jennings, obviously you heard on on the pod. I mean, Ohio legend, Cleveland legend, uh, you know, played three, four years overseas in Germany and Finland, Europe. uh, And now is giving back and doing her thing, killing it um, as an associate head coach at UIC. So I appreciate you guys for tapping in to episode 13.
1: Uh, Have a good day. Peace.